Good morning, 537 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, the Pensacola City Council was voting on this week was the question of providing more security at the football games, as we well know for this horrible shooting that took place a couple weeks ago. And this is something that the mayor said, you know, it's important to uh, do this, even though, you know, he could have probably done it on his own. And, um, you know, Tanya Day Broughton in this conversation about having more security, which they did approve on Thursday, she raised this question. Thank you. I just want to um, add that um, I, I got a few messages requesting that with the police presence that they be, I guess, in, like not in, not in uniforms, I guess, plain, plain clothes, I guess is. Is the alternative or polos or whatever they wear. And so that was one of the requests by uh, City Councilwoman Tenny Day Broughton and uh, Mayor Robinson responded by saying that, you know, look, uniforms actually have value on their own. We have a little bit of both. Um, we certainly have some plain clothes that are more there um, to, 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 to be there in the event that they watch what's happening. But we also... The uniform is a part of it to send a signal to people who don't who want to come and, and do something inappropriate that, that we're there. Um, so it's a little bit of both. And I thought it was an interesting question, so I wanted to ask Mike Wood about it. We normally talk to him at 735, but he's fixing to get on a plane later, so we're talking to him a little early today, and we will replay this at 735. Mike Wood is a public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. He joins us now. Hey, Mike, welcome back to the show, sir. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. So maybe it's worth talking a little bit about what value each of these different strategies has for controlling crowds or places where there might be any kind of unrest, the uniformed officer versus the undercover or the plainclothes officer. Well, people are going to automatically feel better when they see the uniforms there. We're always going to have a uniform presence at these ball games, but we also need plainclothes officers there to be watching, um, to be watching other people when they don't know that they're being watched. And we, they're able to gather intelligence. They're able to see uh, situations uh, forming that might not happen if uniforms are over in that area. So we're able to uh, intercept that, if you would, and keep things from happening. Uh, those uh, plainclothes officers can call the uniforms over to where something is brewing and go ahead and dissipate that uh, before, before it even begins. So, look, if you have a large area like, say, you know, a football uh, field with all the spectators in the parking lot and you have one or two uniformed police officers there, that's good as show of presence, but... Unless you're an idiot and you want to start some trouble, you wait until they're at the other end of the parking lot and then you start your business. But if you got some plain clothes cops running around, oh, all of a sudden that's not such an easy thing to figure out, right? Yeah, that's that's the whole purpose of it. So, but you know, we we do have some some quote idiots out there, and uh, that will do it right in front of the uniformed officers. We've seen that before, but um, but it's, it's overall it's a deterrent. It's a huge deterrent. Uh, the uniforms there, and we're glad to get the support of city council to provide that funding to make sure those ball games are covered. Absolutely, and you know, sometimes in a situation like this, uh, just you know, making people feel comfortable again, and uh, you know, and there's also I think it's kind of weird because. It, Embedded in her question, I think, is a little bit of a mistrust of police. Like, we don't want to have the cops around. That makes us feel bad. But you guys have been so active at the um, sort of community policing and engaging with the public that you certainly don't want to cater to that concern because your goal is that people are happy and excited and positive about cops being around, right? Yeah, you know, we see that kind of thing come and go. Back a couple years ago when uh, there was a lot of anti-police talk going on, 
Um, we didn't really see that in Pensacola. This community supports us. They always have. There's been some trying times, but overall, that's not the kind of thing that we see in Pensacola, Florida. Yeah, no, uh, it did that you know, same. Um, one of the things I love about here. Um, we had a uh, we had a case where there was a uh, young girl, a two year old girl, who was kidnapped out of Pensacola and was found what found safe in Mississippi. Right, this was a big case for you guys, even though you didn't make the arrest. This is a big case for Pensacola. Yeah, I was a two-year-old. There was also a 17-year-old female in the car initially when uh, when Miss Gully took off with them. She was having a uh, she was having an episode. It was it was mental in nature, and when that kind of thing happens, it can be very dangerous, especially for a two-year-old. She also had her own child in the car, uh, but once I got to uh, West Roberts Road and Highway 29, the 17-year-old was able to get out as phones were being thrown out of the car, uh, and she contacted law enforcement, and then uh, Miss Gully took off with the two-year-old. So. Fortunately, uh, she was found in Mississippi. The uh, two-year-old was unharmed, and, and it, there was a good outcome to this case. Got out of the car, like, had she stopped the car, or was this, like, jumped out while the car was moving? What happened? No, she stopped the car. She threw the phones out. The phones were ringing. Law enforcement was trying to contact Miss Gully. Her family was trying to contact her. She got tired of the phones uh, ringing, and she threw them out of the car. Uh, the 17-year-old's phone was one of the phones, so she jumped out to get those phones, uh, and Miss Gully took off. Okay, so uh, and but we're still looking at the charges for kidnapping, and uh, I, I, I assume, even though it sounds like there was a mental health episode, we're still looking at regular charges? Yes, two counts of kidnapping. Okay, and this actually raises a good question that I've I've never quite understood. When there's an Amber Alert for a child that's been abducted or a child that's missing, um, I get Amber Alerts on my phone. Not as much anymore, I notice, but still sometimes I'll get an Amber Alert from Orlando. And I think, what in the, you know, I mean, okay, I understand maybe theoretically, but very, very unlikely. But by the by the other side of the equation, um, an Amber Alert out of Mobile or out of Biloxi, I mean, they're really close geographically, even though it's one or two state lines away. What, um, how does that system work? Do those people get our Amber Alerts? Do we get theirs? Is there any interstate cooperation on those? Yeah, so what you don't want to do with an Amber Alert is send too many. And if everyone went out, if every alert went out to every phone in the country, that's exactly what you would get. So what we try to do is try to figure out where the person uh, who kidnapped the child may be headed and start sending the Amber Alerts that direction so that you don't have that uh, every single time every Amber Alert goes out. But but they do have the ability to cross state lines with those. So if they have a so, you know a child gets abducted in in New Orleans and we believe that they're headed east on I ten, we might get conceivably amber alerts for that that case. Absolutely, it'll go across state lines. It'll go ex- exactly where it's where it's meant to go. Uh, so if this person believe you know if, if they they leave Pensacola and we believe that they're headed uh, uh, to Nevada, then we'll go as far west or, or north or whatever we need to do with that alert to uh, to alert the folks in that direction. Oh, so it's I mean, so this is not something that is run by state agencies. There's some kind of uh, interstate or whole of U.S. kind of network that controls this. Absolutely, yes. Oh, it, it interesting. It works across state, state lines very well. I, I, that's why I asked the question. I, I did not know. I mean, it makes perfect sense. That's the way it should be run. And, you know, I'm glad to discover that uh, the cops were doing it smart before Andrew understood it. <laughs> you know, which is you know, often the case. I mean, that's good. Um, there was a bank robbery at the Hancock-Whitney Bank on Creighton. And this, but this is... This is not within the city of Pensacola, as I understand it, but you guys still responded. Can you maybe explain? 
yeah, I mean, you could throw a baseball and hit the city limits from there. Um, but so anytime anything happens like that right on the border between the city and the county, both agencies are going to respond. We did respond to that with the sheriff's office to help them uh, look for the individual that was responsible. So uh, that happens both ways. They also assist us every time it, uh, something's close on a serious incident like that. Now, is that just to make sure that we've got kind of like a mutual aid? You know, I know you guys have all that stuff in place where you're just making sure to, you know, to get badges on the scene as quickly as possible. Um, or is it like, do you have to go there in order to find out whether it's in the city limits because i i find the city limits very hard to keep track of and i imagine that you guys especially some of the convoluted areas that it's almost like you show up to find out what color the bins are to know whether it's the city limits i mean is that a is that a situation you guys deal with not really. The the dispatchers know whether a location is in the city or the county, and they can let the officers know that. You know, if an officer is on patrol in a neighborhood uh, which borders the city and the county, a lot of times he'll uh, will look at the trash cans to see what color it is. Uh, you know, without having to go through dispatch. But if you ask the dispatcher a specific address, they'll be able to tell you right away if it's in the city or the county. Okay, but nevertheless, you often push resources into an event precisely because we have mutual aid, city and county work together so well. Also, the same reason why you know if, if some nitwit thinks well i can just flee this this um arrest by going into the city yeah and it doesn't really work that way here does it no it doesn't work that way at all we you know we've got two two different colors of uniforms two different agencies but we have one common goal very good last thing that we always oh, anything else happened in the last day or two that we don't already know about it seems like other than uh those two it's got not not having many high profile incidents but you tell me no, no, it's been uh, rather uneventful. Okay, very. Oh, I'm, I meant to ask you, actually, on the bank roll, I know it didn't happen in the city, but I meant to ask you this. If somebody's in a bank and it's getting robbed, we've all seen a million movies and TV shows like this, what is your advice for people in that situation, uh, unarmed and or if they have a concealed weapon? Uh, do what you're told, uh, you know. Don't don't try to be a hero because things can get out of hand really quickly. Those people that are committing robberies are right on the edge. They, you know, you never know what they're capable of. So um, just remain calm, uh, be a good witness, and uh, again, don't don't try to be a hero because that could get you hurt. Un- un- unless I assume you believe that your life or somebody else's life is in imminent danger, in which case, if you have a weapon, do what you've been trained to do as long as you feel comfortable that you can do that. Is that right? Yeah, that changes everything. You're you're pretty much put in a corner at that point, and you have to do what you've got to do. Great advice. You have a cop myth for us uh, this week, Mike? Yeah, I do. It has to do with radar. Uh, I, I saw again something else on television. Oh, I'm sorry, it was on. Uh, it was on TikTok actually. A gentleman was suggesting that if you put aluminum foil behind the front bumper of your car or in your hubcaps, it will throw the radar off. That is completely <laughs> untrue. I've heard. I've heard those kind of weird things all the time. The radar doesn't care anything about that, um, and, and a laser certainly doesn't. Um, and, and he also said that radar cannot be, um, if, if the officer is going away from you, out, shooting out the back window that it cannot clock you, that is also untrue. The computers so, yeah, these days. That stuff that you, I was going to say, the computers these yeah, days, these, they, they can actually do math, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It, it's pretty good. And, you know, and the, the radar detectors and all that kind of thing, by the time it goes off, it's too late, especially with, with laser. 
um, just you know, go ahead and pull over and uh, and hope for the best when the officer walks up to your window. But even though the foil behind the bumper doesn't thwart your devices, you're happy to have people who are going to recklessly speed believe that it does and try that, and then you can catch them, right? Yeah, but, you, you know, you have to maintain your composure when they tell you what they've done and that they're going to win in court because have, they have the foil behind the bumpers. Have you had, um, you what's, know, what's the dumbest thing, what's, what's the dumbest thing like that somebody's ever told you? Oh, I'd have to think about it, but there's been a bunch of them. You know, I was speeding because I was trying to blow the, I just washed my car and I was trying to blow the water off so it wouldn't spot was a good one. <laughs> Well, you just got a very expensive car dryer. All right. Mike Wood, he is our public information officer for the Pensacola Police Department. Mike, safe travels, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week, sir. Thank you for the time. Thank you. 550 here on News Radio 92.3.